Yeah, man, we always do this. We simulcast on YouTube and Facebook, and then later on, whenever I end up getting time, I actually put it on podcast stuff, too, so it's in, like, nine different forms or something. So, I think last uh, last month, just the Facebook page alone got to, like, 32,000 people or something like that, like, as far as views or something. Yeah. George here, Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel. Hey, hope everybody's having a good day. It's Tuesday, and you know how we do it on Tuesdays. We always have a live show for you guys. And we've got a special guest today, uh, and uh, hopefully uh, you guys will get to, uh, get a chance to know this guy here. He's, he's well-known. I've known him for a long time, even if he probably doesn't know me. Hey, I feel like I know him. I bet a lot of people kind of get in that situation with the World Wide Web and things like that. So, uh, Casey, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, man. There isn't a whole lot to speak of this weekend. Went racing, went to Galat in second round, ran into an 11-pack wall both days, man. Uh, so there is not a lot to speak about as far as that goes, other than I did get the car fixed uh, over the, the course of two days, 100-plus uh, degree temperatures in a back half door car. Uh, got everything repeating within 5,000, so... Got that finally figured out. That was the main goal of the weekend. Would have been nice to uh, run anyone other than I ran in those first couple rounds. But, uh, no, nah, man, that's that's pretty much all that went on this weekend. But I did get one thing handled, George. Uh, while I was waiting on them to decide if they were going to do a gambler's race on Friday, I talked to Gary Don over at Drag Champ. And we're going to start a new segment on the GBR YouTube channel over here called the Drag Champ Minute. And what it's going to be is it's going to be – on here every single week it's going to be an update of what happened throughout the week just a little one minute video clip and uh kind of telling us what's happening within our sector of racing uh over on the drag champ magazine uh website facebook page anywhere you can see drag champ type stuff this means bracket racing big money racing class racing whatever big stories you've heard about the week uh jeff sarah being one of them this week i'm sure so, George, roll the drag champ minute and let everybody see what we're talking about here. Sounds good to me. Hang in there, guys. When we come back, we'll have a guest on, uh, on with us. Get those questions ready. And uh, hang on just a second here. What's up, guys? Gary Don here bringing you the drag champ minute, the best of bracket race. So who's hot this week? Uh, Jeff Sarah is putting his name into one of the greatest of all time. This dude has been hot and Friday night at the Summer Fling in Ohio. Dude runs himself in the final of 100K. Jeff's coming off uh one week span here just a few weeks ago where he won a 75 grander at virginia turned around and, and run it up 240ks um he won a 20k earlier in the year so uh jeff sarah is what's hot right now uh, right on his heels though garrett griffith it may not put together the whole season but this young man driving his door truck drove to three wins in about five days i think last weekend at edgewater he won 10k on friday 10k on sunday Turned around and won the Summer Fling 15K on Wednesday. 
So Garrett Griffin gets some notoriety this week, as well as the Drag Champ Top 10 winner last week, Steve Collier, who won three times over the weekend. He doubled up on Saturday, won again on Sunday. So Steve Collier, Garrett Griffith, and Jeff Sarah are what's hot in bracket racing this week. Make sure to follow dragchamp.com for all the best bracket racing news, results, and info. All right, all right, guys. They certainly uh... – Big shout out over there to uh, to Drag Champ. Thanks for doing that for us. Uh, we look forward to to showing that to everybody in the drag racing world weekly uh, here on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube YouTube channel. If you haven't done so already, be sure to subscribe to the uh, YouTube page there. Uh, like and subscribe. Share it with your buddies. It'll give you a notification when we go live and things of that nature. Uh, but without further ado, and so I don't capture too much of this busy man's time. I know that there's an unfamiliar face on the screen here. Uh, you might know him as Champ. Everybody knows Champ's performance, and if you don't, well, you're about to. We're going to introduce you to what is the backbone of Champ's performance online, Mr. Stephen McCrory himself. Stephen, how's it going, buddy? Good, man. How are y'all? Doing good, doing so good. So far, so good, man. I have no complaints. Uh, did you get a chance to do any racing this week? Oh, no. I've only been three times this year so far. Oh, no, that, that's, that doesn't sound right. I'm sure there's a story <laughs> behind that. I'm sure there's a story behind it, huh? Um, honestly, I just, uh, took my car to the body shop this winter and it took a little longer than expected. So I just decided I'm going to take this year off and chill. Yeah, I get you too. And, and it seems to be the, uh, the, the, the norm right now with COVID and shutting everything down and slowing everything up. People can't find parts, but can they is what we're going to get at within this particular stream. And uh, I'm pretty sure going bracket racing is going to deliver a way for you guys to find those parts that you really can't find or at least have a better shot at it from what I'm starting to understand here pretty quickly. So before I get rolling, I always ask this question to everybody on the, on the stream. Uh, Champ, how did you get involved in bracket racing? I got involved in bracket racing from the very start. My dad started racing back in the, you know, he street raced back when he was a teenager and then got into bracket racing in the early 80s, and I was born right into it, so. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, and I know I've watched you race um, several times on either, either about Motor Mania or being at the, the drag strip with you. Can you uh, attribute most of your skills to watching your old man come up or did you just it's just natural born? You didn't have to watch too much or, or how'd you get him? Man, when I was a kid, that's all I did. I watched racing. I lived racing. I stayed on a practice tree 24 seven. I played with Hot Wheels. I mean, I, <laughs> when I, could, I started racing, I started racing. Yeah, man, we got a lot in common in there, and I'm sure Casey will actually share that with us, too. Uh, and uh, big uh, before we get keep moving here, Lorenzo Martin, thanks a lot for what you do over there at the North Carolina Bracket Racing uh, uh, Facebook page. Thanks for sharing us on your platforms. What's up, Kevin Griner? I see you out there. Uh, guys, feel free to ask those questions, and uh, we'll definitely uh, uh, ask, ask Champ as we can. But, yeah, Champ, I remember uh, – my dad came home. I had a little 10-speed bike. It was, it was pretty nice. And I took some uh, some pipes or some, some little B.O. Uh, tubes he had laying around and maybe a willy bar and, and a parachute to throw off the back of that joker. And, man, we get two stopwatches and just dial your car in or your bike, I should say, your legs, whatever you want to call it. We're going to find a way to drag race. Race bikes and all that good stuff, too. <laughs> I had a few oh, wrecks. I don't know about you. I was a three-wheeler man. I was a three-wheeler man myself, and I had figured out that if you push the uh, shift lever all the way down, they're semi-automatic, and you just lift it up about second gear, you can ride you a wheelie about past the 60-foot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 
<laughs> no, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But uh, yeah, so uh, pretty easy no, to man. Go ahead, the, uh, I kind of think that uh, a lot of the people on here remember you because, like you said, your car's in the body shop. They remember you from that seven-second firebird and kind of going round after round after round in a lot of these big money races. And on GBR, we like to talk a lot about, uh, you know, because you go to these big money races, you know it better than anybody, champ. You go to these big money races, it looks like it takes big money to run these big money races. And it might for the entry fee, but you don't need that that big stacker trailer and these blown 420 dragsters and all this stuff. I mean, you've won more rounds than anybody. So tell us a little bit about that car. Um, that car was just a regular street car. My dad bought in 1986. Um, he won the sportsman track championship with it pretty much as bone stock car and then started doing upgrades and stuff to it since then. And he raced it all through the nineties and in early two thousands. And when I came into racing in 2006, I started driving it a little bit. And then I got hooked up with all these guys with dragsters, and that was way cooler when I was younger. <laughs> um, now that I've gotten, you know, gotten in my 30s now, I like the door car scene a lot better. So now I'm bringing it back out and racing it a lot more. I can relate to that 100%, man, because I got two door cars now, and I've ran just as many passes in fast dragsters as anybody. And uh, I'm in the exact same realm, man. It's just I feel like you can relate to them better. They're just so much easier to mess with, in my opinion. Like it's, They're not as easy to work on. But yeah. they're easy to they're easy to get to the track, unload them, drive them around the pits, you know, just all the all the ninety percent of the stuff. Nicer to me at the track, but like you said, you got to pull a transmission or something. It's a lot worse. A lot worse. A lot worse. Especially whenever it's a it's a back half door car, a real door car with a real real firewall and stuff like that. Yeah, uh, you there. But uh, so let me ask you this, man. So. It seemed like you still, after you were you were hitting it pretty good in, in that Trans Am, and, uh, you know, you you had, obviously, you had won the money where you could have just started running these big dragsters and stuff like that. Why'd you choose to keep running that car? Um, like I said, it's been in the family for so long, and I've known it so well, and it's, usually, and it's really good. Um, I just like being a little different, I guess. Uh, it makes it a little more interesting to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, man. Is it uh, is it difficult to? Uh, we were we were talking about this. I don't know how much you've seen of the GBR YouTube channel, but we had Fast and Fincham on here uh, a few episodes back, maybe a month or so ago, and uh, we were talking to him because he's, of course, he does a lot more foot braking, you know, and you do a lot more top bowl, but. How difficult is it to get a seven-second door car to be competitive with your big money bracket racing dragsters that are running 440s nowadays? Is it tough, or is it just kind of, you know, whatever you kind of pick for your poison? It's a little tougher in certain ways. Uh, you're on the track a lot longer, so you got more variables. Um, when the air changes, it's going to move a little more because, like I said, I mean, the fact that you're on the track for three seconds longer, the air is affecting you more in the long run, you know what I mean? Um, but... I think pretty much from selling parts, anybody can buy a tire, converter, and carburetor and go out back and be competitive in 2021, you know. It's just become that kind of market now where you just call, pick up the phone, pick up, you know, any parts that you need, and you can be competitive. So you kind of think, I guess, that uh, it's not necessarily the size of your wallet that matters. It's more of a uh, do you know the right guy to, to get you there. And, and if you got 500 bucks or 5,000 bucks, yep. it's you just got to stay within your realm type thing. It, it, yep. If you just buy the key parts that make the car consistent, then you ain't got to have the nicest, most expensive everything out there. You just got to have the right stuff in the right places. 
Yeah, that makes a lot of sense too. And um, you know, certainly things to keep in mind of uh, you guys going through these Facebook drag racing for sales, all these drag racing car parts, Facebook pages, and things of that nature. You know, some of that stuff is really good uh, when the, when it comes down to it. Um, half the time, you'll see Scotty Richardson or some of these other big name drag racers selling something on those sites. And if you get your hands on one of those cars, of course you know they're going to be uh, set up to the nine to where you can do some serious racing in it. But there's still going to be some other cars out there that may not be quite as expensive and definitely isn't, isn't as nice that you can be just as competitive in. And, uh, and so um, I, I guess we'll go here to this next question, in, and it is, uh, what do you think is the most important component to winning a bracket racing, uh, to a winning bracket racing program? Uh, Component-wise, anything you can think of that would make one successful. Do you mean race car-wise, or do you mean driver-wise? <laughs> I'd say let's do both. Yeah, let's do both, and so let's call it the two things: one for drag racing of the car, and one for drag racer of the driver. Um, like I said, honestly, for the drag car, you got three main components, and that was what I just named: tire, converter, carburetor. You get all that where it should be, and the car is going to be something you can win in. You know. Um, as far as the driver, I think it's just consistently going to the track, being there, making runs, getting laps under your belt. The more chances you give yourself to, you know, win, the better you're going to come out. You, I mean, you're going to lose more, but you're going to have more chances to win. So, yeah, yeah. And uh, like you mentioned before, and we always mention here on the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel, you you hit the tree like it was nothing when you were growing up. And I actually, I, I can I can agree with that 100 percent. As everybody knows, if you follow the Going Bracket Racing YouTube channel, I was not a junior dragster racer. I was more so of the, the kid who didn't have a race car or the means to have one. And um, right. and there's always been a practice tree in my living room. All I had to do was plug that joker up and figure out how to use the delay box. And from there, it that was my way of drag racing. For I'd make the noises and everything. I probably had 10 years at times. I'm, I know race cars don't have 10 <laughs> yeah. years. But I was making as That's much noise serious. as possible. That's fierce. <laughs> as best as I could. So, no, man, that's uh, that's certainly some good information to know, for sure. Definitely, man. The uh, but here's something that we wanted to uh, we wanted to talk to you about because so this is what's really confusing. One of the first people I ever met whenever I moved to North Carolina was Dylan Champion, who I started calling Champ just by happenstance because his last name was Champion, and then he's always talked about Champ, you, Stephen McCrory. So it's starting to get confusing, and I, I don't I feel like I need to call you Big Champ and him something else, but he's such a big dude, I can't yeah. call you Big Champ. So I don't even know what to do at this point. I can't call him Dylan. Old champ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> old champ, yeah. So, uh, but anyway, man, he's always been telling me about Chance Performance. Got to go to Chance Performance. Got to go to Chance Performance. Well, I finally got to the point I'm, I'm getting some stuff together because of all the parts shortages and things like that i'm trying to order stuff early to freshen up my 468 nova this winter i'm putting some aluminum heads on it things like that i figured if i'm doing this that and the other well i need i'm just going to piece things together as i go so i have it all whenever i'm getting ready to do it and i don't have to worry about oh yeah well we can't get your lifters until march you know and then now you're halfway there so Long story short, I couldn't find a, uh, I couldn't find the lifters I wanted. Couldn't find them from Summit. Couldn't find them from Jags. Everybody's out of stock. Um, Call Champ. Hey man, here's a part number. Can you get me these? Not only did he get me them cheaper for, than everybody else, 
they also showed up in two days. Yeah, that, Whenever that, nobody else even had them in stock. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I just got done looking through the chat. And George Hoff is in the chat right now on the YouTube side. He said, you need the parts. Champ can get them. Not only that, they'll be to your door in two days. So obviously, that's a fact. You might as well call that man two-day champ or something. He's going to get it to you fast. Maybe that's an idea. Maybe that's an idea. But Champ, tell us a little about Champ's performance and uh, what kind of parts can you get uh, and what drove you to, I guess, start a, uh, start a business within the industry of drag racing? I mean, obviously, if you're a traveling racer all the time, you don't get to live a normal life. So you want something that is involved in the racing world you know so that was a dream early and uh actually when fti was in the early stages getting going um i went and worked in the office for a little while there and uh i started seeing these uh you know dealer programs and wd pricing and thinking about this and that and i'm like man i know so many people i could sell this stuff and i could make more in you know one transmission sale than i've been making in a week here you know <laughs> i can do that in about 30 minutes <laughs> so uh that's what ended up getting me started on it. I worked at FTI for about two and a half months and then I uh, went back on the road racing some more and then started working on getting my business license and all that good stuff. And I uh, went to PRI that, that December and got set up with a bunch of different vendors direct and uh, just started building it from there. Awesome. We, uh, we, we sell, I mean, honestly, I can get my hands on a thousand plus lines products, you know, anything that's in the performance industry, I can pretty much get my hands on. So there's not anything out there that I shouldn't be able to get with you a few things, you know, there's a few exceptions to the rule, but uh, for the most part, anything that your performance car need, you know, anything a sportsman racer is going to need, I can get my hands on. So exactly. And that's what I've always heard, man, is like legitimately uh, Dylan always told me all the time. He's like, just hit Champa before you order it anywhere else because like like George Hoff said, not only will it more than likely be cheaper, it's gonna get to you faster. Uh, you're not gonna have to pay for shipping over a hundred bucks, is that right? Uh, yeah, hundred bucks is free shipping. Uh, anything over that comes to you free in a couple of days. Awesome, man. You can't beat that, right, George? No, you can't beat it with a stick. And uh, actually, while we're sitting here uh, going live, I'm actually tagging your, uh, your Facebook site into the to the stream here that way everybody if you see that at champs performance head over to that facebook page and at least you'll have reference to where you need to go for for parts whenever as a matter of fact just look there first i know i got it on jay's hat and everything but look, <laughs> look on champs first <laughs> all right you, you won't be mad at me when you look at, at champs first so um <laughs> he's got everything over there guys but um definitely so champ i got another question for you here too and, and everybody knows um, or, or at least somebody has the feeling or the thought process that they want to become a drag racer or race in the industry for a living. What do you think that takes nowadays? Uh, is, it, is, it, is it just a, a, a boatload of money in your bank account? Is it the right people behind you? What, what do you think it takes to become that quote-unquote hired gun or racer, racer for a living? Yeah, there's not going to be many sponsors that are going to pay for a whole year's worth of racing you know, for you. If you get lucky enough to race for somebody that will do that if you don't have the bank account for it. But, yeah, I mean, you're going to have to have some money set to the side. And, I mean, I would recommend it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and here's a comment from the chat for you, too. Uh, old Brad Gephardt, I guess I've known this guy a really long time. Me and Brad Gephardt, we go way back here. He says, hey, Chump in the house. Does he always call you Chump? Anyway, I wouldn't take that from Brad. Anyway, he said, I thought he retired like me. 
Now, I thought you retired too, Brad, but it looks like you back out there in a little sunburn. So, <laughs> hey, Brad, we started uh, traveling around racing, on, hitting the, the bracket scene kind of together there for a little while. Right, right. Both for a guy out of Alabama, so. I'll never forget the day uh, Brad and I, we went to St. Louis and. Uh, and uh, it was a, it was an NHRA race. Brad was running uh, running super comp, and man, I, he was gonna win that thing. We took it to the semifinals, and little water got on the track and kind of slid him out down there at the bottom. Luckily, he's a good driver, so he didn't uh, he didn't wreck the beautiful old Mullis named Erica. That was the nicest Mullis car I think I've ever seen. Uh, but he didn't uh, he didn't put it into the wall. That was pretty neat. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty cool. You guys, we kind of traveled the same circles a little bit. You know, Brad being from yeah. Illinois, I'm from Illinois, and. And uh, we we run around for a while. Yep. <laughs> so, Chad, if money was no object and you could build like your ultimate bracket car for next year, 2022, coming out of retirement, champs coming out of retirement, going to set the world on fire like Jeff Sarah is right now. What are you going to build and why are you going to build it? Um, I would definitely build it. I would probably take my door car and just make a few more upgrades to it and stay on the slow side i want to do i would want to go like 680s or 90s just because i gotta put it um, but i gotta put a full cage and there's just a lot that's a long process to go through all that so that's why we still stay in the 730 40 range um but i would also build a new dragster of some sort i really don't have a chassis brand that i mean phantom's what we've been running the most in the last 10 years or so but uh since about 2010 and they're still my favorite, but they're not building them, you know, all the time anymore. So any dragster, and I would probably want to go for 30s and 40s right in that range with it. And why do you so, – on the slow side of the door cars. That's what I was going to ask. So so you want to be on the slow side of the door cars and the fast side of the dragsters. You perceive that as some sort of advantage or something. What? Why would you pick those particular ETs? Like why would you want to be, I guess – a slow on the slow side in the door car class because they obviously divvy them up why would you want to be slow in one but yet fast in the other um i think it's just preference um I'll, the run happens so fast in the dragster it's it's nice when it's happening in front of you um when you're going slow in the door car you got all day to think about it and a lot of people get flustered with how slow that i go in that car so, and I see it every single run, every single round, and I know what it's supposed to look like. And then they get into a situation where they're kind of guessing a little bit. So it's a little, a little bit of an advantage for me, I feel like, in some, some situations. That yeah. makes sense. And uh, we can go back to, uh, well, Fincham's comment was he just needed a little more time to think about if he hit the tree or not. But <laughs> we all see his videos. He's about triple O every single time, foot breaking. So Good on that's probably not the case. <laughs> But it, but it makes a lot of sense. It, it definitely does. Um, I, I never really looked at it in that in that light. Me being a 590 door truck, door truck rule by the way. Just just saying. Um, <laughs> it seems to me, and I don't know. This is off subject. This is definitely not on the script. But champ, it, it, is it just me or are door trucks just taking over drag racing currently? I know there's you know there's not the big money. The big money scene isn't really getting dominated as much. But every time I scroll through Facebook, there's at least Especially on the weekends, at least two or three door trucks that said, "Hey, winner, winner, chicken dinner." I got taken care. I, I got it taken care of. They, they're really good. Um, it takes a little, you know, get them set up. Takes a little bit of work, but uh, once you get get them transferring the weight good and working good, the trucks are awesome, man. You can see out of them great. 
Um, I, I drove a, a truck for a year, a little S10 that went like 6.0, 16s, and that was probably one of the my favorite door cars ever. I mean, it did a big wheelie, had a good time, and they're really consistent, and you can see out of them good. Yeah, I definitely can agree with that one. Uh, and firsthand, you can see out of them. I told you that, Casey. You asked me, uh, I don't know how many how many years you asked me in a row when I was on the hunt for a race car that I'd already found in the first place. It just wasn't for sale yet. <laughs> But uh, you said, why do you want one of them door trucks? I said, man, you can see everything. You, you don't have to try anything to, to see the opponent. You just look, and he's there, right as day. So, um, Dawson, uh, Dawson Pulley over here in the chat, Dawson Polly, says it's like driving a fishbowl around in a door truck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, here's one for you, uh, Champ. Brandon Taylor says, Champ's good at messing head gaskets also. Uh, I guess you messed up some head gaskets by hitting the nitrous button on the two-step. Oh, brother. I, I blown my bonnet motor one time. <laughs> man, they're calling you out. They're calling you out the chat. Oh, gosh. They're calling you out the chat, man. Uh, Brandon Taylor and head gaskets. Uh, Brad, your part, Brandon Taylor kind of going back and forth there, so I'm pretty sure you ran with uh, them. <laughs> I, I drive Brandon's stuff as much as anybody's. I'm hard on stuff. He knows it. <laughs> <laughs> No oh, man, sorry I got off subject there, but uh, so so, and and this question I, I'm pretty sure people are asking this everywhere. Of course, we're going to ask you here at going bracket racing. As far as for mega mega money, big money bracket racing, the scene is becoming so saturated, in my opinion. Where do you, what do you think about the status of of big money bracket racing? I mean, is there anything that needs to change in your idea? Um, or keep it going. I mean, I, I love watching it on Motormania. I'm just a, a keyboard warrior at that point. You know, I don't I don't quite have the, the budget to do as much big money bracket racing as I'd like to. But what do you think, Champ? I think I'm torn on that on that subject. Um, I feel like they're not as special as they used to be. Like, there used to be just a few races that you went to that were prestigious and everybody wanted to win. That was the ones you got, you know, hyped up for that year. Now it's like every weekend, so... I mean, yeah, you know, you see somebody win a hundred grand or something, and you're like, "Hey, well, that was cool," you know. It's not like it don't it don't have the same feel that it used to. But at the same time, as a racer yourself, you want to go race for big money every weekend. Why wouldn't you, you know? Um, but I definitely can say that it gets expensive, and I don't know how it can keep going at the rate that it's going. Um, but it seems to be going. The uh, the question I've always had for for guys who come on here and uh, who who are primarily big money racers like yourself. Um, do you wish that there would be more, uh, like, not necessarily down to tens, because, I mean, like, the weekly races at, at a lot in the southeast are fives anyway, you know, just your re weekly points races. But, like, do you wish they would ever go – it seems like they're always trying to push that 100 grand mark, right around that 100 grand, 75 grand, things like that. Do you ever wish they'd just go back to, like, what they were maybe 15 years ago where there was, like – you know, a couple fifties a year, and then a lot of twenties and things like that. It was ten granders pretty much all the time when I first started. It was, you, everywhere you went, you were racing for ten grand. It was about three hundred bucks for the weekend. You could go double and take a thousand bucks with you, and you're shooting at ten grand three days. You know, that's kind of that's kind of what I always liked too, because it, I just feel like I just feel like there's a lot more guys with twenty dollar bills than hundred dollar bills. You know what I mean? Right now, now it's. You know, to the point if you go run two cars, you're spending three, four grand a weekend. And right. that's a lot of people's total income for a month, you know? Well, and I mean, a lot of times, too, if uh, George and I were talking the other day that 
you know, and I'm not saying anything bad about these races for for the amount of money they're paying. The entry fees are not bad for for the amount of money they're paying. I'm not saying anything about that. But what I am saying is, we saw a race the other day where the entry fee was, you know, somewhere around 800 bucks or something like that. I was like, man, I can race all month and do maintenance and buy fuel and put fuel in my truck and my generator and everything for that. And right. you know, and it's just really tough to blow that on one week because I want to race every weekend. You know, right. or most. Well, luckily, everybody, you know, the drag racing world, I, I really think, though, champ, you're, you're right about it. How, how much longer can we go on at this pace? Uh, and I think that the promoters are really starting to put their eyes on that particular fact. Uh, you are starting to see smaller, not necessarily smaller promoters, but smaller races. Uh, I know down here in Texas at I-30, I think they're, uh, the Cummings boys are putting on, wannabe promotions putting on a crazy eights. And it's like 300 to double that joker for a whole weekend. So people are starting to understand. They're going to pack that place out. Everybody's going to show up for that A-Grand. You know, that it's just affordable racing uh, is something that I think we've gotten away from as far as for uh, entry fees. Uh, and then the average guy, especially myself. I race on a budget, very much so. Yeah. Um, so Definitely a market out there that is, is going to be tapped pretty soon because I think there's going to be uh, – a lot more races like that. So the cheaper entry fees, the mid-range payouts, um, hitting like a little bit of round money, um, things like that are going to be showing up a little bit more. I think the the stuff that Bug Aki did too, the the door car races, the 150. Yeah. I think the ones with caps that are actually a cap, these people that cap them at 500, that's not a cap. Right. That's, yeah. look, everybody show up. Right. There's right. Five, of a slush race right that's not really a cap a, a cap's like 150 200 cars in my opinion you know what i mean right right and while you while you mentioned bogaki's race i'm just going to slide that flyer in here because it's coming up the the summer door car shootout that luke's going to have right. on september 17th and 19th i'm gonna go ahead that's and slide true. that in here uh, he did take the cap off of it which in my opinion he told us on the going bracket race the youtube channel if you want to go back it's just a few episodes back there but he said there's a few races going on in the area that made him want to take the cap off of it. Um, I-57 drag strips under new management, which probably going to bolster the the, uh, the the style of this race. It's going to be number one. The track's going to be nuts. All right, it's going to be probably one of the best surfaces to do some bracket racing on, particularly because a, a bracket racer runs the track now. So um, it's it's not going to be hard to get a good track out there. So certainly, if you're in the area, anywhere near I-57 Speedway, anywhere anywhere close, I'd probably say four or five hours and you got a door car the door prizes alone are going to be spectacular at this race so it will be one that i would say do your best to 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 show up to uh if you're in the area and not going anywhere else so uh, i think this on. is a race i'm looking at the flyer right now i got this pulled up on my screen behind us um but it looks like the entry fee is a little higher than the typical 310s but they give a lot of stuff away he probably doesn't want to have it super cheap where he has too many cars that he can't park so you raise their entry fee up a little bit more and then you give everybody that comes a better experience they get uh they got third round winners look like you're getting paid and a lot of prizes given away so it's going to be a good deal for whoever shows up and i've been i've personally raced at two or three of them and uh i've never had a bad time uh there's always great people at i-57 drag strip best part about i-57 drag strip i'm telling you go get the barbecue sandwich i eat about three of them at a time usually whenever i'm there they've always been good me and me and george grew up at that track man i've been there since i was three months old yep. and uh the concessions have always been awesome and i can tell you for a fact that 
I can think of one time in my entire life, and I'm 34 now, I can think of one time in my entire life that that track didn't hook, and that was because the dew was setting in at like three in the morning, and it might have been like October or something. Yep, you were probably down to like four. Probably down to like four because that used to be pretty common. You know, that was common <clears throat> to leave to leave that. I have to do that for nine hours from my house. <laughs> oh man, shoot, you got a long haul to get there, huh? Yeah, yeah. That's I'd love to go to a race like that, but I just had never made it up to that one. Yeah, you yeah. got a stacker. Come by and pick me up on the way. Yeah. Probably got to go past my house anyway. Sixty-four goes right there. <laughs> yep. No, and I'm about nine hours out too, uh, Steve. Man, um, up yeah. down here in Texas, so that's a little too much of a haul for me. Uh, I might jump on the plane though and, and try to kick my dad out of the car or something. But that generally doesn't happen too easily. I'll just uh, I'll stay home. <laughs> no, Casey, what you so, got there? So, Chad, now that we're talking about all these races and things like that anyway, is there a specific race that you look forward to going to every single year? Um, there's there's a couple of them probably. Uh, definitely the Folk Million. It's just, you know, even with all the big money races coming in and, and kind of doing similar things, it's still a different different vibe when you get there, and it's, it's just a lot of fun. It's a lot of, you know, a lot of friendly people that run it and always have a good time with that race. And, yeah, uh, man. What they're doing is really cool too. They're giving away Camaro this year, so. Huh. Yeah, definitely, man. The uh, I've always heard that uh, the Folk Million is an awesome place to go to. I've always wanted to go to that. I've never made it there yet. Uh, where are they having it at this year? Uh, it's going to be at South Georgia Motorsports Park. Nice. Okay. Nice. That's nice. That's... To Georgia, I wouldn't. I wouldn't complain. <laughs> yeah. How far is that from your house? Uh, it's about four hours. So that isn't terrible. You can get there pretty quick. Just leave after leave after breakfast one morning just roll in yeah <laughs> um i also like going to bristol once a year um i guess the fling race is usually the one we go to just because it's the best but it wouldn't matter what what you know race it is as long as we uh had it in bristol i'd go <laughs> speaking speaking of bristol we were talking about that on the phone the other day whenever i was ordering parts from you over there at chance performance but uh so tell us a little bit about bristol man we were uh we were talking a little bit about you know Everybody always says Bristol's just crazy. It throws you curveballs, things like that. Uh, how true is uh, is that? Like, is it uh, is it a driver's track? I guess I should say more so than a uh, tuner's track. So a little bit of both. It's definitely a tuner's track. Um, people that got a little bit of an idea how to change a couple things here and there um, to make their car a little better, and then it's definitely a driver's track too. It's uh, it's gotten better though because the converters are looser now. And that helps in the bad air. And a lot of people figure that out now. So it's not really a secret anymore that you run a loose converter in Bristol. Mm. It's just, you know, now it's a known fact. Um, I always lean my stuff out just, just a little. A um, couple of my buddies, they go and they don't ever change anything. And they say their cars are just as good. So I do it for a little extra precaution. But um, I'm also going 730s, you know, most of the time when I go. So leaning that car out, it helps it a little bit. Speaking of uh, Bristol, they have that... Uh that 250k foot brake race, I think this weekend. Yeah, I was over. Uh, I was actually standing at the fence because, like I said, I ran into a brick wall uh, second round again on Sunday. So I was just over there hanging out with some guys and uh, Steve Alford, who I'm pretty sure is actually on the uh, top like five list of most finals there. Yeah. Uh, and then his brother Richard is right behind him as well. Uh, yeah. 
when I was over there talking to Steve because I had said I was like Richard's on the top like the top final rounds ever he's like nah, I think I'm above him he's right next to me though or something <laughs> like that so I don't know if that's true or not Steve but uh, he said he's going there Steve's been in a lot of finals there I've definitely uh, watched that over the years that's always a fun race to watch too I've, I've always wanted to go to a race but like you said I mostly run top bolt stuff and there's usually something on top of Jed's races and that's the, the worst thing about it you know I'd like to go to one the cool part about those big bottom bulb races, in my opinion, is is uh, y- you have all cars. Like, it's kind of like a fast car show, you know, and right. and it seems like foot brake cars, well, foot brake cars, not, you know, just foot braking, typically are not as hard on equipment as leaving on a trans brake. You're not as hard on the transmission, not as hard on the rear end. You know, you're not going extremely fast unless you're Kevin Pollard, <laughs> right. uh, you know, so, well, and then again, I think I heard Justin Lamb might be building like a blown roadster or something to potentially foot brake with. Is that true? Does anybody know? Uh, I haven't heard. That'd be uh, good chat information there. And speaking of chat, Dylan James Green wants to ask Champ if he ever enjoys hitting smaller tracks here and there and just getting back into the, uh, the small time scene over the big money scene, uh, getting a chance to maybe get out. I know now right now you said your car's in the in the body shop there it's of course it's taking longer but i guess before you went to the shop did you ever uh head out to your local track maybe uh i won't say beat up on them but show them what you made of <laughs> i guess that's a little bit better <laughs> I, I do love that I, that's actually what i've been kind of wanting to get back into some for next year um when i get back on a pretty consistent schedule is i'm going to start sliding some double five granders and uh stuff like that and and locally you know Go race, take the girl with you, hang out on Saturday night, have a good time, load up on the and go home, you know. Yeah. Um, it's it's I, a, I a lot of that. And um, I, I didn't do very much of it before, but I think I'm going to definitely start sliding some more of that in there. It's, 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 I think that's a, that's pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty it fits me. Um, I'm not going to be able to do much big money bracket racing, but I've been to Ardmore just a couple of times now. I've actually taken my wife there with me one time. And, and she actually asked me, when are we going back? So that was her first time at a racetrack. So, I mean, the scene at a racetrack, it's just that. You, you know it because we, we all three of us know it because this is where we came up. Um, all 40 of you guys in the chat know it because probably where you came up. But, but you know, so getting back at the racetrack, um, just kind of on a smaller scale is that's that's right up my alley. So I get your I get your comment there for sure. Hey, that was a great question, by the way, and uh, and definitely uh, thanks for asking there. But one time one one thing we always ask here at Going Bracket Racing, um, and and this is all opinion. Everybody has an opinion. It, it's okay. Don't get mad at anybody in the chat. But who is the greatest drag racer, bracket racer of all time, in your opinion? Man, that's loaded. That's loaded? loaded. <laughs> like, no. <laughs> no. There ain't no right answer there, man. It's just, it, it, it changes. It okay. It, 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 no, no one person, I think, is the greatest of all time. I think it, it goes through different stages where, you know, some people are dominating more and more and more. I think Scotty definitely dominated the most in, a, in the longest period of time. Um, but I think it's, it, I've just watched it over the years and it just moves, you know. Obviously, you're going to have some guys that are more consistent, and they still show up year after year. Um, but I, I don't I don't have my number one. I don't I don't have one. you got a top it's five. It's tough. Yeah, give us a top five, champ. Give us a top five. That's a good top one. five, champ? Yeah. Like, yep. not in any particular order. Just name five people. Five people. 
Well, I've already mentioned Scotty just because of what he did for a long time. You know, he, he definitely ruled the world for, for a good while, you know. Um, Troy and Gary they were right there with him. They were both uh, – it was – you go to a race where Troy, Gary, and Scotty were at back in the early 2000s or late, 90, late 90s, and they're winning, two two much. Days. <laughs> they're winning two or three days pretty much, you know. Everybody uh, else go home. <laughs> When I first started racing, one of the guys I really looked up to and watched a lot that I learned a lot from um, was Bug Aki. So I'd say he's in my top five for sure. And um, let's see who we rounding that out with. Man, I really don't know. There's just a, there's so many. It's like a tie in my head, you know. I, I, I don't, I, that's my top four anyway. Uh, well, and it's tough, man, because the thing is, if you just look at the last. I would say since Motor Mania has been around, because that's when people really started watching and paying attention and stuff. I mean, just since Motor Mania has been around, like there was a year you would say Johnny Ezel, and then there was a year you would say Nick Hastings, and then there's a, now this year and last year for that matter, you'd say Jeff Sarah, you know? Right. And, you and know? Like, oh, listen, you know, it, it just, it, it, it always rotates and it changes, and then some people come back to it. Like they'll go away for a few years and then, You'll see him right back in it again. Um, but I definitely think Hastings is a bad dude. He has more focus than I've seen out of hardly anybody. He just – he don't make mistakes hardly at all. He's just very, very consistent, and if you beat him, you had to beat him. Um, Jeff's the same way. He's uh, he's really solid all the time. Jeff's super aggressive, and he's found a way to make that work without turning it red a lot. That's uh, what I was actually going to say is that, Sarah, it's almost like from what I've been watching, it's like – if he leaves and it's green, then you might as well just let off. You know what I mean? Because you're not going to beat him on the finish line. You're just not. I mean, it's impossible to beat Sarah on the finish line. I mean, we got people over here. Peter Biondo, of course. Everybody everybody knows that. I mean, I don't know. You'd fill up an entire 8.5 by 11 sheet of paper with just names. But, uh, I mean... Gary Williams, he's consistently in the winner's circle all the time. Even still. Even Gary's still. I mean, as far back as I can consider, Gary's been consistently in the winner's circle, you know, every year for as long as I can remember. Gary's probably one of the – he's probably the best if I had to pick one because he's never faded away. He's never right. had – when have you seen Gary Williams have an off year where he didn't win something, you know? Right. Well, there was uh, – I heard a podcast like years ago now. I remember actually because I was doing a site survey in a uh, in an old like uh, in an old Catholic school that had been built onto like five times since the 20s, and it like had a bomb shelter sign outside and stuff like that for the Cold War and all that. It was a creepy place. But uh, but anyway, I remember where I was standing. I was hearing either Troy or Gary was getting interviewed, and at one point, one of them said. Gary hadn't won a race for like three months or something, and he was like, "Oh crap, I might have to get a real job or something." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> no. But, uh, go ahead, George. No, that's pretty good. That's pretty good stuff, though. Uh, and and like you said, I can remember being younger, especially in my teen years, where Gateway would have the fifty grander, the super mega bucks, and things like that. Gary and Troy show up and and turn that place upside down with the CMAR boys and all these other guys who, yes. are, who are no slouches themselves. So um, it's always uh, it's always tough to make a top five. I'm going to be honest with you. I'd avoid that question at all costs. I, I don't have a top five myself because it's a moving pendulum. It's moving. You can go and go and go with that. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Huh. 
yep. be a so, three-hour-long conversation for sure. But uh, and it's just arguments over whose opinions what, you know? Right. 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 Yeah, that's a uh, that's more of a conversation around the cooler in about January when no one can go racing. I think. Right. <laughs> It'd be pretty fun to have it with with who we would consider the the top drivers in in our sport. Just all of us sitting around a campfire or whatever, and, and uh, shooting the breeze and, and letting each other tell us why they're the best. That would be fun to, to just be a fly on the wall, you know, all of them amongst each other, the meeting of the minds and the greats. And uh, I just go hide in the back and listen. <laughs> I got a, a question here out of Julius Pruitt. He says, "I'm interested to know if Champ's driving routine. He's, he's interested in knowing your driving routine." And thought process if it changes when you're going 450 as opposed to going 730. So do you have the same thought process or does things get a little different is what Julius Pruitt's asking. It's different. Yep. Um, it's definitely different. Um, my, my driving routine, I try to keep it the same pretty much no matter what I'm driving. I mean, obviously there's a different burnout routine going from the door car to the dragster. But aside from that, when I back up behind the pre-stage or when I pull up to the pre-stage, I pretty much go through the same routine, no matter what I'm driving. Um, try to put my hand in the same position, all that good stuff. You know, nothing. Try to keep it all similar there. But um, as far as you know, going from that speed to that speed, I drive a lot different. I don't know if anybody's watched me too much, but I like to hold a little bit in the dragsters, and then the Trans Am. I I I try to do different stuff with it. I I dial for nitrous a lot in it. Um, I've got it where it'll spray on a timer to pick up 200s if I decide that I need to be holding a little bit that run after I leave. Um, so I've, I've played with a lot of things that make me more of a dialer in that car. And then in the dragster, I'm not as much of a dialer. I'm more of a uh, put down a good a run based off, off of what they're putting down. Chips in your hand when you're in a dragster, basically, is what you're saying. I try to hold my, I try to hold my destiny in my hand in the dragster. In the, in the door car, I try to do all the prep work beforehand to make the car good, and then just try to let go when it comes off. Well, there you have it, Julius. <laughs> that was actually a really good question. Uh, thanks for, uh, thanks for chiming in there. And uh, I've always kind of wondered that myself, and man, I just never thought to ask it. I don't know why, but uh, that was a great <laughs> question. Uh, thanks for that. Definitely, okay, man. What you got so, next, Casey? I was just going to say we're coming up on that hour and we don't want to take a whole bunch of champs time here tonight. Me and him being on the East Coast, getting close to six o'clock, time to go get some food and some other things. But uh, who do you got to thank before we get off here, man? Um, man, I just want to thank uh, everybody that, that takes care of me. Honestly, in the business world, uh, a lot of the manufacturers that I deal with directly um, still deal with FTI. APD takes really great care of me. Their customer service with me is awesome. Uh, uh, K&R, um, Mickey Thompson has been with me for a lot of years now and I obviously sell a ton of their tires. Um, and just, just a lot of the companies that you see on the side of my race cars, That's uh, those are the people we try to keep that. And it's not just because they, they give me stuff, it's because they have great customer service and uh, they take care of their customers and they take care of me whenever I order through them. So... Uh, uh, that's that's the people I like to thank. Definitely, man, and uh, and I'll say it again, man. Uh, speaking of great customer service, you have great customer service. Anytime that I I text or you know I've only called you the one time, but anytime I text you and say, hey, can you get me this? I mean, it's literally like five ten minutes, and you get back to me, yeah, I can get you this, and this is the price. I can get it to you in a couple of days. So everybody that's watching this or watching it later or listening to it on uh, the podcast or any of that stuff. Uh, definitely check out Chance Performance. 
and uh, make sure he doesn't have something before you look for it somewhere else because he'll get it to you quick and uh, you know if you ever need help with anything he's always ready to help you. I try to take care of everybody on price. I have a little racer discount that I give everybody. You don't have to sign up for it. You don't have to be. You just got to order through me and you get you get a small discount that everybody gets. It's not biased to anybody. You, you, if you're a customer of Chess Performance, then you know you're a friend of mine. So uh, we I take care of you best I can, just like if you were my best friend. That's pretty awesome. You heard it here, guys. Um, definitely. Again, uh, I, I did leave the uh, Champ Performance, and I'll I'll make sure to tag it again. Uh, the Facebook page there. And if you guys have any questions, I know you can hear us uh, on, the, on the podcast as well. Feel free to reach out to Gorn Bracket Racing. We'll get you in contact with Champ if you guys need something, or at least point you to the webpage or the or the Facebook page yeah. there. Champsperformance.com, um, so. and uh, I mean I'm the only one that takes care of it. Really, I keep all the I keep it updated and try to keep adding parts to it all the time. It's not full. It doesn't have everything that I carry. It's just got a small small fraction of what I can actually get. But there are some things on there and. Uh, you can check it out through there, and if you don't see something you need, then hit me up on the Facebook page. Yeah, definitely give him a call because, for example, those lifters that I couldn't find anywhere, they're not on his website. So I said, hey, champ, this is part number. Can you get them for me? And he hit me back and said, yep, I can get them for you. So hit him yeah. up before you check anywhere else. Well, there's so many lifters out there. It would take me I'm, – I'm <laughs> it would take me forever to list everybody's – you know, all the different brands and all the different styles for each type of motor. It would take me forever to list all that, so – I try to put the most common stuff that I sell on there, and then anything that's a little bit, you know, oddball, then just hit me up for it, and I'll, I'll take care of you. Definitely, man. We can't thank you enough for being on here with us, man. Uh, it's been great getting to know you. Yes, sir. It's been great getting to know you, and I appreciate everything that uh, you've done for me already, and I'm sure I'll be in contact with you in the future. I, living this close, I'm sure I'll see you around. Right. <laughs> I appreciate it, sir. That's likewise. Thanks. So, Thanks, uh Guys, thanks you uh, for tuning in. As we come to the end of our show, you know we're going to give a little respect to the races coming up. The guys who come on board going bracket racing help us deliver this show to you guys every now and again. Hopefully we'll have some giveaways coming out here pretty soon for you. Uh, but for now, we'll see you guys next Tuesday. <laughs>